Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminal, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by us, your bartenders. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. And welcome back to another week of true crime stories and some true crime cocktails. Tonight we're going to be talking about our very first female serial killer who is also happens to be the first woman to be executed in Florida since 1848, Judy Buenoano. She actually doesn't fit the technical FBI profile for a serial killer, though. I think it's because she didn't technically kill more than three people, or, I mean, she wasn't officially reported as killing. I don't know. How do I even say that? (laughs) She technically doesn't fall under it, but she also kind of is. Yes. And yes, I did Google search serial killer qualifications to look that up. So (laughs) that's all my background. (laughs) So Judy was nicknamed the Black Widow. So that's the name of our cocktail this week. We went with the spice rum based drink since it takes place predominantly in Florida. You can find the recipe on Instagram at Crimes and Cocktails, like always. So in a shaker, add one scoop of ice, two ounces of spiced rum. We went with Captain Morgan. Half an ounce. Yes, the captain, the good captain. And half an ounce of blackberry Monin syrup, four blackberries, two lime squeezes, and then drop those in the glass. Shake it and pour it into an old-fashioned glass. Top it off with a little bit of lemon-lime soda, Sprite. Um, basically, yeah. garnish it with yeah, garnish it. Yeah, whatever you have on hand, and garnish it with a blackberry flag and drink that poison. Yum. <laughs> basically, I wanted to do something that was dark, and this yeah. drink came out a bit dark. But I think I put a little bit too much uh, syrup in mine on accident, so extra it's sweet, a little too syrupy. sweet for me. Extra personally. poison. <laughs> Just add a little bit more rum. It's pretty good. But before we get totally started, we have a new patron that we need to give a shout out to, Megan. Thank you, Megan, for supporting us. And I want to also let you know, your patron bought my headphones some cushions this week. (laughs) Thank you, Megan. (laughs) I don't need to take an aspirin after this. (laughs) So this shot's for you, and I'm taking a shot of clear rum because I don't do shots of spiced rum, so. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and do your shot now. (laughs) Cheers. If you would like us to take a shot. <clears throat> Sorry. It was a little too spicy. Not spicy. I don't know. It was still going down. It's still going down. If you would like us to take a shot for you or shots, uh, sign up on our Patreon at patreon.com crimes and cocktails. And 
you're not just getting us to take shots. There are some cool things that come with that. You get a swag bag, some stickers, some mini-sodes that are not open to everyone else, and yeah, some cool stuff. So be sure to check it out if you're a Patreon, and you can help us get better at recording. Like I said, I got cushions <laughs> on my ears now. They feel in hella plush. <laughs> are you covered with a blanket this week? I'm not covered with a blanket this week because <laughs> so I have see. a pop filter covering my microphone today. So <laughs> Thank you, patrons. <laughs> Thank you, patrons. And maybe next week I will get a better microphone. We'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. So Judeus Anna Judy Welty was born Judeus. April. That's seriously the name. Judas. Uh, <laughs> she was born April 4th, 1943 in Kwana. I don't know how that's how you say it. Kwana, Texas, to parents Jesse and Mary Lou Welty. She had two older siblings and one younger brother, so she was the middle child, and they come with their own problems um, <laughs> as a middle child, I can attest. <laughs> and her, um, her mother, Mary, died of tuberculosis when she was four years old, and at that time, her dad was unable to take care of them. Um, so he sent the two older children to an orphanage, and Judy and her younger brother, Robert, uh, lived with their grandparents and then also several foster families. And in 1990 hearing, Judy said that she was often sexually and physically abused in the foster homes. Her dad ended up remarrying and took back Judy and Robert to live with him and his new wife and her two sons in New Mexico. Judy claimed that her father and stepmother abused her. Yeah, they claimed that uh, they starved her and, quote, forced her to work like a slave, which I don't really know if she actually knows what that Cinderella, Cinderella. means, but <laughs> apparently she got to an age where she just really couldn't handle it anymore, and when she was 14, she attacked her father, stepmother, and two stepbrothers. She spilled hot oil on her two brothers, and then she went after her father's stepmother with her fists throwing items at him, left and right, literally whatever she could. Uh, so maybe things were actually pretty rough there. Um, Judy's family pressed charges and she was sent to prison for two months. After she served her time, she was given the option to either return to her family or to go to an all-girl reform slash trade school. And she chose to go to Foothills High in Albuquerque, New Mexico, rather than go back to her family. So... I think this shows that her home life was not great and they weren't just accusations like she probably actually was being mistreated at home that she would you know rather stay in a detention center than go back to her family so doesn't sound fun Judy graduated from school in 1960 as a nursing assistant and when she was 17 she got pregnant uh, with her illegitimate son Michael Schultz. His father is presumed to be an Air Force sergeant, Arthur Leroy Schultz, but we couldn't really find any information on this relationship. She had Michael when she was 18. So now we're in the year 1962. She's working as a cocktail waitress and then she meets Air Force officer James Goodyear. She gives birth to their first son, James Jr. on January 16th, 1966. Um, which is the day after my birthday, <laughs> but, um, 
a different, a much later year, thankfully. <laughs> and um, James adopts Michael at this time, and then they later have a daughter named Kimberly in 1967. Um, they also had a foster daughter um, at this time, and her name uh, was Deborah Sims. She was in her early teens. Uh, Sims would later tell the courts that Judy seemed to have a love for finer things, but she couldn't afford it. And so she would see her foster mother, like, sewing sequins onto her evening gowns, but she was never able to actually go out and wear any of them. So, like, bedazzling things? Yeah, she was bedazzling them. Yeah, I always she wanted was, like, one of those. Sewing. I had one, and it was as great as they look. Um, <laughs> I wanted one so bad. I can't imagine so sewing sequins on things. Actually, I know a girl who sells clothes that she sews sequins on, and they're pretty cute, but I would go mad <laughs> sewing sequins on anything. Dude, they're, it's so small. It takes so much time. So Judy's, like, sitting in the corner sewing, like, bad bitch under the back of her evening gown or something. Someday, like, I will walk the red carpet and wear this. Right? She's all, Florida's finest. Judy Garland. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she liked to have nice things, but she couldn't afford them. Don't and, we all? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so the, the I, have, I have headphone cushions now. <laughs> I know. I too enjoy the finer things, like <laughs> headphone cushions. <laughs> The family moved to Orlando, Florida, and James was stationed over there. And while James was gone for Vietnam, he uh, Judy opened a daycare called Conway Acres Daycare Center. James was listed as, as a co-owner for the business, um, as in he was the one funding it. <laughs> I don't think I'd want this lady to be in charge of my children, personally. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> She's all time for a snack. Goldfish and poison <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> all right anyway so we have this little family now in florida uh judy has been taking care of michael james and kimberly and then deborah as well while james senior is fighting in the vietnam war then he comes back um i'm assuming he's in fairly good shape at least physically um obviously he was in good enough shape to go off and fight and then well, suddenly... I don't think they're that picky in the Vietnam War, but <laughs> well, yeah, he, he is a captain, so... Yeah, I'm assuming that he had, like, a higher station somewhere, so... And I don't know if he was a pilot or not, um, but, yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, he gets back, and he starts to have these really bad stomach pains, like, me when I have too much dairy... <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god! But then, uh, but three months P-M-I. after, I, <laughs> that's just how I am. Anyway, so three months after he initially began being treated for these pains, he died on September fifteenth, nineteen seventy-one. So he goes from being relatively healthy to having stomach pains to three months later being dead. Doctors were confused by what caused his illness, but they still ruled his death as a natural cause. So poor Judy is all alone, left with her kids, not, and she's obviously a very loving wife and in mourning since she waited five whole fucking days before collecting three life insurance policies, which totaled to $95,000. And then shortly after this, their house burned to the ground and she collected 90000 more on the house fire insurance claim. And apparently on the claim, she said she lost 150 bottles of Chanel perfume, which 
Like, what insurance So ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, who's going to believe that? No one has 150 bottles of Chanel perfume except for Chanel stores. <laughs> and they might not even have 150. Uh, 150 no. bottles, my gosh. And maybe that's why the fire started. <laughs> but <laughs> right. <laughs> she apparently, after all this, has left about almost $200,000 richer after these incidents. <laughs> So not long after the death of her husband, Judy began dating Baba Joe Morris, and uh, Judy Baba and the Joe. kids moved <laughs> Baba Joe, and uh, Judy and the kids moved in with him in 1972 to Pensacola, Florida. In 1977, Bobby Joe moved to Trinidad, Colorado, and Judy and the kids were supposed to follow after him. So while Bobby Joe was getting their new place ready in Colorado, their old house in Florida mysteriously burned down to the ground <laughs> again. So Judy collected the insurance money before taking the kids to Colorado. Um, yeah, how unlucky is she? So she changed her name to Judy Morris, although the two of them, of them weren't married. And on January 4th, 1978, Bobby Joe was brought to the hospitals, but doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. He was in and out of the hospital throughout January, but he was always released back into Judy's care. To her so, webs. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> he uh, so one night he collapsed at the dinner table. Um, this was and then was brought back to the hospital for the final time. Um, like, he why died even there. take him to the hospital at this point if she's like trying to get rid of him? I think it was just to keep appearances so that they wouldn't assume it was her. She's like, look, I'm taking care of him. <laughs> she's like shoving arsenic in his like throat. Just a little bit of arsenic gravy on your turkey. I know. Have some more gravy. <laughs> All right. So he spends two days um, in the hospital this time and he dies on January 28th. A month later, Judy took her kids and moved back to Pensacola, Florida, insurance money from the policies she had taken out on Bobby Joe in hand. She changed her and her children's last name from Morris to Bueno Ano, which was supposed to be a version of her married last name, Goodyear. Which, by the way, it's not. <laughs> so <laughs> she put Bueno Ano, but she didn't put the accent above the N. So if you take the words Bueno Ano, Without the accent, it actually means good anus. <laughs> so, so, Judy Good Anus is really what her name is. <laughs> that's why she got all these men, too. She got a good <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so gross. Anyway, so Judy Butthole's oldest son, Michael, <laughs> did not do well through his, senior, or through his school years. He acted out in class. He scored low academically. Um, so, he ended up dropping out of high school. And after he dropped out, he joined the Army. Uh, in 1979 and went through training then was stationed at Fort Benning in Georgia before reporting to Georgia Michael stopped off in Florida to visit his mother and his younger siblings and then and then headed off to Georgia so once he was there he um, fell ill doctors at the base found seven times the normal levels of arsenic in his system so a lot uh, he was in the military hospital for six weeks, and they were able to save his life, but the poisoning had caused all of his muscles to atrophy. So he lost use of his hands and arms, um, up to the elbow, I believe it was, and had to have a prosthetic device on one arm so he could have some use. And then he also wore 15 pounds of metal braces on his legs so that Dear he was God. able to walk. Yeah, so How is like 15 pounds going to help you walk? <laughs> 
and I think they like keep his legs stationed so that his like muscles don't get like I don't know like gelatinous or something <laughs> it sounds oh so gross God. so it like keeps him it uh, them his legs stiff so he's able to kind of like swing his legs Lieutenant Michael to, got to new walk. legs <laughs> seriously <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> seriously this is he's like bionic now it's <laughs> For as much as you can be in 1979. So obviously his military career is over. Um, and he leaves Georgia and goes back to Florida to live with his mother. Okay, the hold on. After- so this this is only six weeks in the, hot, in, in, the, in the Army? Yeah. So he went through his basic training and then was stationed in Georgia. And then once he got to Georgia, he like immediately was in the hospital. Which I think basic training in the Army around this time is like six weeks. Probably. So he's barely in the military. And then six weeks. Yeah. So he's been in the military for like a total of 12 weeks, probably. Yeah. And then he's sent back home because they're like, this kid ain't good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um... You need to at least go to Vietnam before you come back looking like this. Right? They're all sorry, Tin Man. You're going back to Oz. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awful. But anyway. <laughs> Oil can. So, um, the day after he returns to Florida, it's May 13th, 1980, um, his mother takes Michael and then um, her other son, James, on a canoe trip. Yeah, so she plans a last-minute canoe trip the day after he comes back, and he's <laughs> he's been sent home for being sick, being a rusty bag of, of bolts. <laughs> can't move it's like well great i just got my asking in basic training then i go in the hospital for six weeks and then i lose all of my limbs and then yeah a canoe he's that only sounds... he's only 19 he's only 19 yes, and Mom. all this happens to him canoeing sounds fucking fantastic i don't think so so and the worst part about it is because he can't move they tape him and his 15 fucking pounds of metal braces to a lawn chair and <laughs> that stick is so him in the florida canoe. That is such I a Florida some like, solution. I was like, you know, in different circumstances, it kind of sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> Can't move my legs. We call Take it Edward Scissor. Was it Edward Forty Hands, basically? Yeah. But he just his, has some forties taped to his taped to useless his arms. useless arms. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan got new hands. <laughs> new hands and new legs. A whole new man. So while they're out on the water, this canoe manages to flip over, and Judy and her other son, James, were able to make it safely to shore, but Michael, with his freaking new bag of bowls, sinks like a rock with all his gear and his lawn chair still stuck on him. He sinks like a rock to the bottom of this river, and Judy and James, uh, they, they tell the police a couple different stories. So James is like, I was knocked out. I don't remember anything. And Judy says, oh, well, they hit a branch, and the canoe flipped over. They said they were fishing, and the line caught a tree. The canoe flipped over, and my favorite one was, there's a snake in this canoe. Apparently, a snake <laughs> fell from the sky into their canoe, <laughs> and then they freaked out and flipped over. Motherfucking snakes motherfucking, motherfucking snakes. canoe. <laughs> yeah. The thing about this that I was reading later was that where they were found... And all the stuff that was in the canoe made sense, but where uh, Michael was found was 
much farther away. Like, it wouldn't have made sense for him to, like, drift that far away. So the theory is that they actually tossed him overboard and then went down a little bit and then flipped over and made it this whole, like, big old scene. She, however, maintains that it was an accident and... Even she was recorded on, I was actually trying to find this interview to show you guys, but it was an NBC interview after she's arrested, and she says, nope, it was an accident. I had to live with that day the rest of my life. And then she says that the army even poisoned him with chemical warfare. And what, the six weeks he was laying in the <laughs> right? bed at the hospital? So terrible. <laughs> oh my and after his death, guess what? Judy collects the military insurance policy and two life insurances <laughs> she took out on him with what we think is a forged signature because it doesn't seem to match up. Also, what 18-year-old has life insurance? But Yeah, she's like, oh, this is going to haunt me till the day I die, but good thing I have three <laughs> insurance policies already taken out in his name. Oh, look at this. God. So she used the uh, the money for Michael's insurance policies to start her own beauty salon in Gulf Breeze, Florida, called Fingers and Faces. Which is Awful the scariest name. thing I've ever heard in my life. Like decapitated fingers and faces. That's what I think of, honestly. I just think of, like, is this Ed Kemper's salon or something? But I also think of, like, someone framing their face with their hands. Like, look yeah. at me and my fingers and my faces. And a finger poking and an how eye. do you go from childcare to now opening a salon yeah with your sequent garbage bags <laughs> all over the place so. i want to feel fancy so later that same year 1980 she meets a businessman named john w gentry the second um, the second yes quite distinguished quite he- quite he thought she was great and didn't notice anything suspicious about her he actually in an interview called her sweet um and then he believed her when she said that she had recently been in charge of the nursing unit at a large nearby hospital who goes from that to owning a salon Uh... like there's nothing wrong with owning a salon (laughs) but if you're like the head of a nearby hospital then you're like "Mm, i'm just gonna open up a salon (laughs) it's the same thing (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so she forged some certificates saying that she had a PhD from University of Alabama in biochemistry and psychology, and that she had recently finished a tour as head nurse at West Florida Hospital. God, so she was saying that she was Dr. Good. So she's a PhD, Dr. Good asshole, at... A predominant, yeah, (laughs) at a a predominant Floridian hospital, and then she goes to opening a salon. Yeah, she's lived quite the life. She's just like three of my houses are burned down. If you look at some pictures of her, oh yeah, those are some fingers and some faces. Oh god, that's some face. That's for sure. So John had money, and so he spoiled Judy and her children. He bought them presents, took them on Caribbean cruises, stuff like that. Uh, um, which I'm like, wow. <laughs> I need me a John. I need me a John Gentry. <laughs> the second. Yeah, the second. Not the first. They don't have any money. <laughs> so two years later, the couple are engaged, and they take life insurance policies out on each other. Um just for $50,000 each, but then Judy later went back and 
Uh, behind John's back, she upped his to five hundred thousand. I'm just thinking it must have been so easy to do life insurance back then. And yeah, she's taking policies out on everyone and everything. People she's not even married to. Like I don't think you can do that now. I'm pretty sure that I need to fill out a life insurance on myself. Like I don't think someone else could do it. I don't yeah, know. I don't. I don't know how that works, honestly. I'm like, I'm almost 30 and I don't know how anything works. Because <laughs> like, they took out whole back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, John gets sick. He has a cold. And Judy starts to give him vitamin tablets. Um, vitamin they Yes. So he's like, oh, these aren't making me feel good. Like, I'm starting to feel dizzy. And so he stops taking them. Uh, Judy gets super pissed about this and she tells him <laughs> oh that's just a side effect so he should take a double dosage and that will avoid the side effects like I'm a doctor <laughs> listen to me yeah what I, look at my PhD if you're having side effects everybody do not double the dosage you will get double the side effects <laughs> like, yes oh so doesn't cancel it out <laughs> so dumb <laughs> two negatives make a positive uh, so John believes this because of her background in nursing. He trusts her, so he just keeps taking the pills. He also just um, sounds like an idiot to me, to be honest. Right? right? I don't I think should... Judy good Go asshole ahead. got a PhD. I, I feel like if I met this woman, I'd be like, I don't think you got a PhD. Right? If she had a PhD, she would have thought of something better than duct taping her son to a chair inside of a, <laughs> a lawn chair. Oh my god. Oh, I just imagine it's one of those like. Like the folded Sun ones. bleached folding ones. I'm picturing like, like the ones that are really low to the ground and yeah. they're like uh, that weird material and it's almost that got like plastic. a checkered pattern on it. Yep. Yep. They say one's red. Yep. <laughs> and white. Uh, so Judy's getting impatient now because the pills aren't working fast enough, even though he's double dosing. Uh, she lies to John and tells him that she's pregnant. So John's super excited. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be a father. Um, and then he goes to get champagne for them to celebrate, which champagne on the pregnant. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's Florida, do I guess. <laughs> it's Florida in the eighties. <laughs> it's a different time. Um, and so, uh, he starts his car and boom, <laughs> bomb goes, goes off. off. Uh, uh, John survives, but he's obviously very, yeah. Angry. So actually I read that, uh, Judy was hosting a party that night at a local restaurant for one of her salon employees and this is like I think she told her husband that day or something like that but she's like take your own car to the party because I'm gonna set up so you need to take your own car and then after the party she's like why don't you go get champagne so we can celebrate and I'll meet you at the house and that's when it exploded so I kind of feel like she probably put the dynamite in his trunk during the party probably and I just find it so funny that it's like full-on blocks of dynamite like the police like looked in there like there was dynamite in the trunk that's what it was <laughs> i also heard i don't know how accurate this is i wasn't able to find actual details but it was like dynamite that was hooked up to his braking system so he needed to brake for it to go off but okay i couldn't really find i just heard that from one source and i wanted i couldn't find it in other sources but Mm-hmm. I was like, that would be some pretty crazy wiring if that's how she did that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, she must have done something because when he started his car, it went yeah, off. It... So she had to have attached it to something for it to do that. <laughs> it's like, I just picture like some string and a water bottle trick or something. 
<laughs> she's all pressing a button on her pager. <laughs> goes off. They didn't have pagers back then, did they? I don't think they actually in the 80s? did in the 80s. <laughs> I don't think so. Not this thing. early. So, uh, the truth comes out. Judy's not pregnant. Um, you are and then she, not the father. <laughs> um, and she'd also recently booked a cruise for her and her children without John. So That's never a good she's sign. Like, she's pre-spending his life insurance. So I got $500,000 coming to me. I don't me. know why so she would go, you know, all these other ones, she makes them look like something's wrong with him, right? With the poison. Yeah. But then this one, he blatantly gets blown up and she's thinking that it's okay for her to plan a cruise like no one's gonna suspect anything she is so used to getting away with it at this point and nobody's suspecting her that she's like let's go big <laughs> i've always wanted Going to for use a dynamite they all blow out let's after my big. hair salon blowout <laughs> all right double blowouts um and so yeah so she planned the cruise without john the police get involved, obviously, because there's a bomb in a car. There's dynamite. <laughs> so John tells them about the vitamins. Um, some of the vitamins were recovered and tested, and surprise, surprise, they contained poison. Um, they were not vitamin C tablets giving him side effects. <laughs> no. Um, several friends at this point also tell the police that Judy had said John was suffering from a terminal illness, which was obviously untrue. So, you know, everybody's looking at Judy now, um, and the police start doing some digging, and they exhume James Goodyear Sr., Bobby Joe Morris, and Michael's body. Oh, so literal digging. Literal digging, yes. (laughs) Figuratively, literally, they're doing some digging. Um, They test all these bodies, and they all test positive for lethal levels of arsenic. Arsenic and dynamite, I just feel like this isn't the 80s. This is like the Old West or something. Like, where's Prospector Pete? I feel like I'm going to go on, like, I don't know, like the railroad or something right now. Like the railroad ride at Knott's Berry Farms. Yeah. You're like in an ore car dodging dynamite. And we're going to blow this dynamite. Yeah, Wiley Coyote (laughs) comes out of nowhere. pops out real quick. He's all Acme. Meet me. He's all running off a cliff. Yeah. It's just like. Running away with arsenic. Like, she goes from just. Yeah, like we were saying, just poisoning. Where and then she's does like one dumping buy her son in the canoe? Arsenic and, and dynamite. <laughs> so, asking mean, for I, a friend. <laughs> you know, nothing was tracked back then, so they could just buy it. And like, I don't know, she probably was just like, oh, you know, I'm blowing up a stump at my house. So I'll need these six boxes of Don't dynamite. you know arsenic is in hair dye? <laughs> <laughs> well, arsenic was pretty common in different medications, so in like small doses to treat. And so, I mean, if they had some arsenic in their system, they probably just assumed they were taking like some sort of medicine that had it. Um, I think that's why the military, I mean, I'm confused honestly about the military when they found seven times the arsenic in Michael's like system yeah. that they didn't do some more investigating at that time. Because I would have been like, all right, obviously you're not on some sort of medication that... Oh, wait, you know what? I did look this up and I almost forgot to say. So, the military said that Michael had pica, which is that disease where you, like, eat or lick things that aren't food. And so they thought he got the arsenic from, like, licking batteries or, like, lead-based things. Um, <laughs> and so it's a lot of licking. He's, like, <laughs> he's like sucking on some batteries, and then 
his muscles atrophy. I don't know. That's, uh, uh... Yeah, but I'm just like, that's wild that they would think it was that bad that he would have seven times in his system. And like, I don't if I saw some guy licking on some lead based products and eating a battery in the military, you'd think they'd be like, dude, what's going on here? Dude, are you uh, um, iron deficient? You need a steak, bro? <laughs> yeah, you good. And he's just like, nah. Just eats a battery. <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. Still cracking it open and drinking the acid. Ew. <laughs> I don't feel like he actually had. I mean, maybe he had that, but I. Yeah. Not enough no. so that he could have seven times the limit or the whatever in him. <laughs> so Judy was arrested in January of 1984 and charged with the murders of James Goodyear Sr. and her son Michael and the attempted murder of John Gentry. The, th- the second, almost said the third, um, as well as several counts of ground theft, arson, and insurance fraud. At the trial, Kimberly, who was 17 at the time of her mom's arrest, said that she had seen her older brother Michael poison Bobby Joe. She cried on the stand and said that Bobby Joe had sexually abused her and that Michael and her other brother James had found out, so Michael had poisoned Bobby Joe to stop him from hurting Kimberly. She also claimed that her mother hadn't killed Michael that had been an accident and her mother had been very distraught over his death meh don't think so (laughs) yeah she probably was a little bit sad but then she's not too sad while she's getting a new pedicure with his life insurance money right (laughs) Uh, two of Judy's friends were brought in for questioning and they testified that after one of them had been having an argument with her husband on the phone, Judy had remarked she should just take a life insurance policy out on him and poison him with arsenic, which seems pretty <laughs> specific <laughs> to me. They're just like staring at her. She's like, ha 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 ha. I'm just kidding. Who would do that? Not me. Part of me is kind of like, did she actually say that? Or are you guys just saying that? I don't know. It just seems very yeah. specific to be like. She wouldn't give him a discount on their pedicures. So like, Let's get her. <laughs> That's what they're actually talking about in those salons when you can't understand what they're talking about. Poisoning their husbands with arsenic. Uh, Bobby Joe's mother also testified and claimed that Judy had once told her that she killed James Goodyear because he had been having an affair with someone, which I also don't know how reliable that is because Bobby Joe's going to be trying to find a way to blame Judy for the death of her son. And if she had told, like her that while she was like you know with her son wouldn't she have like warned her kid or like told the yeah. police and be like I'm worried about my son this woman said she killed her husband but I don't know and then the ex foster child Deborah Sims also testified that James Goodyear had only been sick after he got home from Vietnam and that she had witnessed him hallucinating which I do find her testimony to be actually pretty credible she has nothing to gain yeah. from this, you know, but uh, it just no. seems like the military doctors would have noticed something with him, you know, mm-hmm. for it to happen within three months of him getting home from Vietnam. It's just very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Judy blamed uh, the, his illness on something that happened to him in Vietnam. Um, instead of, you know, when he got home, but... I'm sure he was hallucinating from the terrors of Vietnam, but also mixed with this heavy dose of arsenic. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) 
I'm sure that didn't help yeah. at all. So um, during the case, prosecutor Russell Edgar nicknamed her the Black Widow. That obviously took off with the media. Um, it was in the newspapers. Um, he called her this because she fed off her mates and young. Um, Judy said that this was defamation and a way to make her uh, look like a monster. So she was obviously very uh, upset. Because you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not hard making you look like a monster when you are one. Uh, so each case was tried separately and three different juries figured out she was a monster. So she, she didn't surprise, even need surprise. the nickname. So, um, she was convicted in 1984 to a 12 year sentence for John Gentry, a life sentence for Michael. And then she was tried in 1985 and was convicted, um, and given a death, um, sentence for the murder of James Goodyear. While Morris was brought up in the trial to show a pattern of behavior for the other murders, uh, Judy wasn't tried specifically for it because then she was already on death row in Florida and Morris had been killed in Colorado. Uh, James Goodyear Jr. was also tried in connection to the Gentry car bombing, but he was acquitted. So Judy maintained throughout the entire trial and then afterwards that she was innocent of every murder and her children said the same. Um, no. Yeah, <laughs> right. Too many coincidences. Yeah. So while on death row at Broward Correctional Institution, Judy filed several appeals, but each one was denied. She claimed to have found God in prison, and many of the other inmates said she was like a mother figure to them and attended her Bible studies. She's, yeah, right. She sketched, she sewed baby clothes, and she gave those to Kimberly to sell and wrote poetry during her incarceration. So I actually have a little bit of her poetry that I'm going to read for you guys. Ew. Yes. Uh, so it goes, don't be fooled by me. Don't be fooled by the face I wear. For I wear a thousand masks, masks I'm afraid to take off, and none of them are me. Pretending is an art that's second nature to me. Don't be fooled. For God's sake, don't be fooled. And that is creepy. <laughs> and it must have inspired her fingers and faces salon, I am assuming. <laughs> yeah. So this is one that she wrote in prison. Um, and I feel like even though she never admitted that she was guilty, this is kind of some sort of admission like she's saying don't be fooled by me i'm not well she also has know. to pretend to be all these different faces for all these guys that she seduces yeah. i hate yeah. to say the word seduce because she is not cute <laughs> <laughs> nope uh yeah but that's that's her poetry and it's creepy <laughs> i like Gosh. it <laughs> Kimberly Goodyear said that Judy was even a caring mother from prison and that she so lovingly stopped smoking so that she would have extra money to write them. <laughs> like, that's like the bare minimum. Oh my God. <laughs> so the day before she was supposed to be executed, the electric chair, which was nicknamed Old Sparky, malfunctioned and Judy was given an additional 20 hours of life. And what did she do with those extra 20 hours? pick the worst meal ever she had a visitation with kimberly and james her children and her last meal was asparagus strawberries broccoli tomatoes and hot tea <laughs> you can have anything you want anything you want anything that's what she chooses and you pick strange something a rabbit would eat yeah a british rabbit <laughs> drinking tea <laughs> 
British like, ramen. This is literally like what I eat trying to cut calories. This is not what I eat if I'm going out with a with a sizzle. Right? <laughs> on old Sparky. No. <laughs> and also I love that they named it old Sparky, but <laughs> then it was having problems like malfunctioning. I'm like, what was it doing? Like was it just not sparking or was it too painful? Like how did they test that? I don't <laughs> Oh my, god. oh my god. So at the age of 54 and after 13 years in prison on death row, Judy Good Butthole was executed by electrocution <laughs> on March 30th, 1998. She had given no last words and she still claimed she was innocent. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, her and her kids, I feel like her kids were probably traumatized. They were quite young when all this was happening. I feel like they, you know, they'd lost their dad. They lost their brother. I don't know if what happened to Kimberly was true. That would obviously leave her traumatized. And then that guy dies. I feel like they feel were holding like on to their mother because that was like all that they had that was a some constant. Some kind of consistency. Yeah. I also feel like James probably did blackout stuff just from being young and yeah. having traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if James did help push his brother overboard or if he did help in the you know the car um, the dynamite, <laughs> the dynamite. <laughs> i mean he was still a teenager when this stuff was going on so you know yeah. very impressionable um, i mean part of it too is you, you, sometimes you just do what your mom tells you to yeah even when you it's know? you know push your brother off of a canoe even if it's <laughs> <laughs> so sad like <laughs> No district. Okay, I just I feel so bad, but at the same time, can you imagine just this guy is literally like the Tin Man, and they duct tape him to a freaking lawn chair and then throw him over? That's yeah, it's awful, and like <laughs> it's so terrible. It didn't. When they found his body, they said his legs were straight and stiff because that was you know what those metal um, like braces were supposed to do, so he couldn't even move his legs to get out and then i was reading that kimberly was on the dock when everything happened she wasn't on the boat but she was on the dock and so i just confused about why nobody tried to help him or i don't know get help i I think he was just a nuisance like you know she, she i'm pretty sure she'd been trying to poison him for a while yeah um he wasn't that you know he wasn't doing well in school he was mm-hmm. a pain in the ass, probably, like, all growing up, and yeah, I'm sure Kimberly and James were just much more capable children. Yeah, they were. And Michael eating just had batteries. a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah, eating batteries. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, the military will take them. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But she wanted that life insurance, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And he's just a problem, so just get rid of the problem. Yep. <laughs> And get some money so you can tell with her that she's motivated by um financial gain instead yeah. of something else so like a lot of the men that we've covered in the past it's been like power or sex and with her it's definitely money lifestyle yeah. security and so that's pretty common like, with women for i that don't kill. think it's yeah and poisoning is super common oh yeah with women yeah um i don't think it's one of those i mean i'm sure she didn't like I don't think she's one of those murderers that's, like, getting off by doing this. No, basically. I... Like, I'm sure it, it, she probably felt nothing. Like, meh, whatever. I just... I just yeah, I don't think she did. I think because her childhood was so traumatic, she kind of just, like, 
lost that connection that made her human and everything was kind of just disposable for her as long as she was living a good life um you know not having to go through the trash can for food or whatever um and again i'll say it again just because you had a bad childhood doesn't mean you know you get to fucking poison people and push your (laughs) handicap son off a canoe and blow up your husband or your fiance with dynamite um dynamite but i thought it was interesting that they did have a foster child at one point because she was a foster child and i don't know if that was her husband's idea or if it was her idea um or she was trying to get some life insurance (laughs) right well i mean i guess i don't even know i don't know if back then if they paid foster parents so that might have been a reason Um, she was getting the money for, for Deborah, but uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. But obviously, That's... Deborah did not have a good foster care experience. No. Foster dad died, and then her mother later turns out to be a serial killer. So, <laughs> or a killer, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Um, well, that's Judy Bueno Año. Yeah. <laughs> Judy, good bubble. Judy, oh. this is a quick episode. Um, it's weird because I thought when I was looking over this case that it would be a little bit longer because she has a couple deaths on there but there's just not really a whole lot of information on her yeah it it is interesting how little there is out there on her and I was reading through like you know newspapers that happened at the time and there even isn't a lot then or they all say the same thing and I mean yeah. she was convicted some of pretty are fast conflicting too actually yeah a lot of them are conflicting and so we didn't want to put too much of that conflicting information in here because we don't want it to get you know we yeah. want to give you a clearest picture as possible but basically she was just a money hungry bitch <laughs> <laughs> with terrible eyebrows <laughs> yeah she looks like an angry grandma uh when she went she looks like an angry grandma that's spent her whole life on the lake and is smoking a cigarette out of her neck yeah she's like hey honey <laughs> Kind of like Napoleon Dynamite's grandma. (laughs) Make yourself a dang quesadilla. Yeah. She definitely is kind of like that grandma. She's not warm and and fuzzy, but... She was only 54, too. I know. She she looked wrecked. (laughs) (laughs) Florida will get you, man. (laughs) That Florida sun. Put your sunscreen on, guys. Especially when you're going down the canoe in the East River. Yeah. So our sources today were from the Crime Museum, Murderpedia.org, ClarkProsecutor.com, the Tampa Tribune, the Orlando Centennial, and U.S. Court Appeal Documents, and the Pensacola News. So thank you guys for listening again. It's a short one, but um, normally you hear us talking and talking and talking, so maybe that's for the best this week. Um, as always, check out our Instagram and make sure you're following if you're not at Crimes and Cocktails. I'll plug that Patreon again, patreon.com slash Crimes and Cocktails. Um, and yeah. And send us a message. Let us know where you're listening from. We've been trying to figure out, you know, if we're getting more listeners from Spotify or iTunes mm-hmm. or different things. And we'd love to hear from you. So. Or if there's like a certain case you want us to cover, let us know. We'll do the research for you. And you can just lay down and have a cocktail and, and listen to us cackling about it. <laughs> we'll get it. So uh, you don't have to do anything. We'll do the research. So... Yep, that's all we have for you guys. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Good night.